What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Whiskey Sour Libations and Conversations. I'm your host, Dominique. Uh, just a few, you know, housekeeping tips before we uh, get the show started. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Be sure to, yeah, for real, share with your friends because this is kind of the shit. My show is kind of the shit. It's like the best show that y'all not listening to, okay? I'm just keeping it a book. And don't forget to buy the candles. I hope that y'all be showing up and showing out. Look, let's keep that going, okay? Okay? Sell me out, even though technically I can't sell out because I make them in my house, so whatever. Um, I want to introduce today's guest. She is a Grammy Award-winning comedian. She just She's winning, like, you know, the best cow- comedy album. Um, she's from the D. She got her own school and she just out here doing the damn thing. Welcome, my girl, Keisha E to the show. <laughs> hey, boo. Hey, what's up, Grammy winner? What's up? <laughs> I was like, like, who's she bringing on the show today? I don't know. <laughs> Look, last week my homeboy was a, a Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> Hey, I'm speaking favor over y'all life. Y'all I receive it. I, let me say this. I receive it. I was wondering, though, if you had replaced me with somebody else coming on today, but I receive it. But, well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, girlfriend? How are you? What's up? I am good. I just woke up from a nap. I'm going to be honest. Um, so, y'all, yeah, I'm looking a little crazy. That's why, but I'm here. <laughs> Can you please explain to the world how important naps are? Because people be making fun of me because I'm like, uh-uh, I got to take a nap before I do anything. It's funny because I never used to take naps. And I would crack jokes about my friends like we were going on vacation. They take a nap. And I'm like, what are y'all, five? And baby, <laughs> this nap been calling my name all day, okay? Very important. Girl, I took a nap yeah. in my car on lunch break. I do not play nap games anymore. Um, I uh, am going to explain to my children when I have children the importance of enjoying a nap in preschool and <laughs> kindergarten because the rest of your life is a shit show. That so part. enjoy the nap. <laughs> for real. And it's the key to it. You got to take the right amount of time for your nap. You can't, you take, you, you nap for too long, it's a setup. But yes. And, and, and like, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like my body is programmed, uh, like it knows when it's nap time. Like, okay, girl, yeah. it's around noon. We kind of wind it down and I'll take like a 15 minute power nap to get through yeah. the rest of my day. And then it'll take me through uh, bedtime, which is about nine o'clock. I start winding down the day and uh, doing my nighttime routine and yeah. get up and do it all over again. <laughs> That nap just did me right. Let me tell you. Now, I, just I, I have a question. So before you go out, let's say you have a comedy show and you know how it is in comedy. You're out kind of late. Mm-hmm. Do you take a nap before you, uh, you know, like your set? Like, let's say like, okay, I know I go on stage at 10. I'm going to take this nap like around 530, 6 o'clock. It depends because sometimes... As you probably can tell right now, when I wake up from a nap, it's like the nap was good, but sometimes it do you a little bit more harm. So it kind of depends because I don't want to get on stage and not have full energy. Sometimes it's better for me to just power through it. It just depends on okay. how I'm feeling or depend on what time. If I can take it earlier in the day, then okay. yeah. But if I take it too close to the time that I'm going to leave out to go to my show, it's like, nah, it's going to do me a disservice. Yeah. If I go out, like when we be hitting the blind barber and stuff, uh, I'll be mm-hmm. taking that. That's why I'll be late. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna lie. It's like, what was you doing? Oh, I was asleep. <laughs> you know, I was preparing to come here. Yeah. I'm like, listen, this is gonna give me enough energy to get through for about another two and a half hours. I'm leaving. I'm still leaving at midnight. I'm going to be. <laughs> You definitely knew dip out of there early all the time. Like, all right, I'm gone. It's like no, no, it's nothing. You be in the middle of a conversation, down, but like, all right, girl, I'm about to go. Yeah, girl, I be sleepy. I'm, my body. Listen, even going out in Hollywood, when I used to like be hard, like up and through Hollywood. I would text my homeboy. I'm like, Sean, what's the latest I can get there? And he'll say midnight. So I know I probably will take a nap like around 9, 30, 10 o'clock for like about 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> I will get up. I will go out and my ass will be leaving the club about 1, 1 30 before the let out. Because I don't want the, the rush, the crowd, none of that. Mm. I don't need crowds. The way my anxiety is set up, I can't do it. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I'm keeping them. Listen, it's the key to life. How you think we all, we look so youthful. Naps. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely gotta get your rest. Drink your water, get your rest, mind your business. That's how you say mind it. your business. Say that for the people in the back. <laughs> okay, so I want to get in your business a little bit. Right after mind your business. So let's get into yours. Wait a minute. Oh, you know what? You know, it's it's easy. It's simple. I'm not I'm not gonna do you how I did my ex-boyfriend, okay? <laughs> Don't nobody ever has to worry about that. I would never do y'all how I did my ex. And the questions, even for him, I feel like they were light. Mm -hmm. But he just be lying. He just be lying. So that's all. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So you received a master's of science. Mm -hmm. And then you moved to LA to pursue acting. Then a dare led you to the comedy stage. Yeah. I want to know all about <laughs> this because I was like, hold on. <laughs> a I was like, you hella smart. Like, what's up? I live the most random life ever. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that when I was a kid, I always I knew I wanted to do something with computers. I remember okay. I was like eight and I asked my parents for a computer. And this was like before people were really getting like home computers. And they were like, okay. And I remember just doing little things like trying to take it apart, trying to like I was doing like graphic design. I was just doing everything. And so at first I wanted to do like um, programming for video games. Okay. And then I kind of grew out of that. And then I was like, uh, I think I kind of want to do computer aided design. And then I kind of grew out of that. So I always knew I wanted to do something in that room. And then I also wanted to act. And my parents was like, girl, what? Get out of here. You girl, you better act, act your way to that computer. <laughs> you right. That's what you better do. You better act like you want to go get some degrees, okay? <laughs> and do something with yourself. So yeah, I went to school and then right after school I went to grad school, which has always been something that I wanted to do. Cause some people are like, Do you uh regret? And I'm like, No, absolutely not. Um and then I was working in my field and I had an epiphany. I realized that I love learning, mm -hmm. but I didn't really love doing the job. It was like, mm -hmm. I like school. And I think I was maybe, because I moved out here in 07 and I stayed for less than a year. And I was like, oh, this is struggle. Yeah, okay. I got two degrees <laughs> and I left. <laughs> and then I came back. But I originally moved out here, I think I was 24. Okay. okay. I was just laying in bed one night before going to work. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I was like, I'm about to move to California. So my parents was like, what? My daddy was like, who you know in Cali? I was like, Snoop out there? I don't know. I'll figure it out. Okay. So they thought I was playing. 
I bought my ticket. My daddy was like, why is this a one way? I was like, cause that's what you do when you move. You, It's just, what do you mean? Um, and I knew nothing and nobody out here. And I was like, I'm gonna come out here and figure it out. And that's what I did. So you say you moved, you moved home. You were here for, you said less than a year and then you moved back. Yeah. I originally came out here in like 07 and I was okay. here for like maybe eight, nine months. And I was like, Ooh, I can't buy cold stone on a regular basis. Like I normally do. I was like, this is when I had a really bad cold stone habit. Like I was spending a hundred dollars a month in cold stone. And I originally, um, don't judge me. I was originally working in my field when I moved out here. That's why you like lactose intolerant, by the way. <laughs> Wait, I heard lactose intolerant. I'm like, actually, I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was working in my field. And then I realized like I couldn't do both. I couldn't audition because I was at work all day. And then I booked something. It wasn't even a speaking part. It was in the, the Wayans Brothers dance flick, but I was on set for like a week. So I lied and told them my granddaddy who died when I was in ninth grade died again. And then I used that lie twice. And then they caught me up the second time. Like, didn't your granddaddy all right? And I was like, oh shit. But can, why can't you have two granddaddies? You supposed well, to have two. I, I messed up and I said, because at the time my father's father was still alive. My granddaddy on my dad's side was still alive. So I don't play them type of games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I messed up and I was specific and was like my mom's dad, my, you know, my maternal grandfather. And they're like, wait a minute. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so needless to say, I uh, kind of ended up leaving that job. They was about to fire me. I was like, who's going to go first? Um, and yeah. And then I was like, oh, the struggle is real. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. No, I'm not doing this. And move back home. Before you can get a whole house for like a dollar. Like you could, you could. Hold on. First of all, don't you, don't you do that. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, me, baby. I'm just all on site. Like and you can get a house out there for 50 cent now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's a real, real struggle. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. I'm not, I have two degrees. I'm not doing this. Um, So I went back home, but then I was home for like two years, two and a okay. half years. And it was still tugging at my heart. And I was like, this is what I really want to do. So I came back and then that turned into comedy. So, okay. So I want to know about the dare. Like what, what is the dare? What was the so, dare that led you to the stage? So I was at a comedy club, a comedy show. My homeboy was doing uh, Donald George and he does a amateur night. I want to say once a month. And he was announcing the next amateur night. And one of my friends dared me to do it. And I was like, okay, like if you dare me to do something where I don't get pregnant or die, it's like, why not? What's the worst that can happen? So I was like, all right, whatever, I do it. Forgot I even agreed to the dare. He hits me up. I'm in Texas. He hits me up like, hey, something about the show tomorrow or Tuesday. This was on like a Sunday. And I got back in town Monday. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come out and support. He was like, support you on the show. I was like, oh, shit, I did say, okay, all right, sure. Didn't think nothing of it. Don't know the first thing about comedy, stand up, telling jokes. I just started thinking like when I go to the comedy clubs, I was like, how do they trans transition from like one topic or one joke to the next? And that was the only thing I focused on. And I was like, you don't even know what you're going to say, Keisha. And you're trying to figure out how you're going to say something else. And I was like, I need 10 minutes. He was like, I'm not giving you 10 minutes. He gave me three. He was like, I know three sounds like a short time, but it's a very long time. He was like, and yeah. don't do well. And I'm not saying you won't. That's a long. I was like, if I'm going to do it, I need 10 minutes. He was like, all right. And if you bomb, I'm leaving your ass up there for the whole 10 minutes. Then the day of the show, when I got there, he's like, I can't get, I can't do that to you, Keisha. He was like seven. I was like nine. So he agreed on nine. And then I ran to like my first show. And oh no, he he agreed, we agreed on seven. I ran the light to like nine, nine and a half. Um, 
And yeah, and then it was like a really great show, but I still didn't think nothing of it. And then um, Atheon was there, Atheon Crockett. And he was okay. like, I don't even stand up. I was like, 10 minutes. He was like, no, 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 for real. I'm like, no, for real, what you just thought. And he was like, yo, you're really good. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he kind of was like, you should keep doing it, whatever. And I was like, hmm. And then somebody else asked me to do another show the next week that was there. And I was like, all right, I ain't doing nothing next week. I'll do it. And it kind of became a thing like that. And then I actually fell in love with it. That's so yeah. crazy. That's like, that's actually pretty dope. Because I think about the idea because I've been approached a lot lately to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have no interest or desire in it. And yeah. it's funny because like I was talking to, you know, Arvin and he was just like, you're a really great storyteller. Like you have to, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not interested. I'm like, listen, I hear the horror stories that people say. <laughs> I, I'm like, for the first time in my life, I'm in a space where I have not been sexually harassed on my job. I like it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's all I can think of. Because you think of, think about it like this. Like, okay, we're both very attractive women. Mm -hmm. And all I think of is like, girl, I, I, I'm kind of like just traumatized. Just from, from like previous employers and somebody. Like, all I could say, all I could think of is like, okay, great. This motherfucker not going to pay me today because he want to fuck. And now he going to play me. Now I'm going to have to shoot him. Wait, where was like, you working? Oh, no, 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 no. I was, oh. Girl, I was working in, in retail. I was, it's, it's a lot to unpack. But I think about stuff like that, and I'm like, okay, I know how, to, how men are. And I'm like, dang, now I'm going to have to kill somebody because they playing with my money. <laughs> Whose boom, boom room was you working in? Girl, that's I think, I think with, um, I mean, it is a male-dominated industry, but I think it's all in how you carry yourself. Because I had another female comedian that was talking about that, like, dudes was kind of coming to her sideways. And she was like, yeah, how do you handle such, 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 such? And I was like, oh, niggas don't talk to me like that. Yeah. They are, like, I just don't, I don't present myself in a way to which you think you could even come speak to me like that. Girl, I'll be walking down the street with a frown on my face, and they be like, what you doing, beautiful? Hey, you, how you doing? I'm like, bitch, I... Well, I mean, yeah, they might try and shoot their shot, but nothing. I mean, I was looking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the funny is when you got the mask on. I had on a mask and a hoodie and Target the other day. I'm like, sir, you can't see anything but my forehead. Really? And you can barely Girl, see. Look, he's like, I see your sexy eyes. You look like you got a nice smile under there. I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, to just wake up from a can you, look, you just woke up. A lot of people don't look good after they just, my face is puffy. <laughs> Even after a nap, look at your skin all glowing, lips all shining, <laughs> looking all refreshed. The fuck? <laughs> Why? Thank you. Like I'm just saying. So it's just I think about and I know and but my that's how my mind works as an air sign. It always goes to the extreme. It's never any middle ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think you should try it though. I would encourage everybody to try. It. Even if you don't want to do it, like you don't want that to be your career. I just think that it's a very freeing experience i think that once you do that because people always act like are you nervous and i'm like well no because the first time i did it i honestly didn't care about the craft like i'm not it wasn't my dream to be a comedian so i wasn't it was nothing to be nervous about and then once i did that then okay well, there's no reason to be nervous on the next show so it right. was like yeah i think it in it helps you to kind of just overcome any any like fear or anything that you have for in a different realm because it's like yo i did this so for you, like I, I, we hear stories about how people kind of bomb because it kind of just flowed to you so naturally. That's not a part of your experience, right? 
So I haven't I had this conversation the other day and this dude was like, oh, so you kill it every time. I was like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I haven't had a like bomb experience. I've had some shows where I was like, mm, I don't feel like that was my strongest show. The audience was still laughing. I, I did a show. Uh, it just wasn't the right um, environment. It was like a live. It was too much going on. It was music. It was like painting happening in one room. It was like. Uh, poetry going on before me. It was like a musical. It was like just too much happening. Wow. You hear people talking at the bar place and they orders. It was no seats. So everybody is standing. And it's okay. like, this isn't the space for comedy. So it, was, it felt very weird, but it it was like, it didn't feel, I don't know. I still didn't have like a bomb, which is kind of scary because I was like, ah, that's going to happen one day. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but here's the thing too. It's like, it doesn't. It doesn't have to happen. And I think about a lot of situations, just like how you, you, um, like you went home, you do all this stuff, you reset. Like a lot of people go home and they don't come back. Yeah. And so I think about it like that, like, okay, this is the place, this is the position, this is where I'm supposed to be. That's how I kind of think about, you know, like things like that. So it doesn't have to happen at all. It might not ever. It might not. I, you know, I think I'm, I am open. This may sound weird. I'm open to it happening. I don't think that I'm going to beat up on myself in the way that I would imagine because I know that that's most comedians experience. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I'm all for it. I feel like it's not going to happen to you though. Like I'm, I'm I'm, like, I'm rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. (laughs) Okay. Um, so here mentioned that. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. What? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Okay, let's go. Okay. That you have a school in Detroit. So, what is this school? Y'all are so ridiculous. About, you know, because I mean, be it that you have a master's of science, you probably <laughs> wanted to give back to the at risk youth. <laughs> Y'all gonna stop throwing shade on my city, number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're the murder capital, so I really don't have space to talk. <laughs> oh, I I feel the pressure now to actually go ahead and open a school in Detroit. I don't even understand how this stuck. We did a promo for Keep Your Distance Comedy, right? And the promo was like um, kind of mocking an after-school special. Okay. We're talking about how most Kev, most of Kev listeners, you know, him being like in the church, they don't want to hear cussing, but he lets them know that there's going to be cussing in the show. So we're all talking about how like, I'm like, I need to motherfucking cuss so I can be my motherfucker. We just like unnecessarily cussing in this, in this promo. And he's bleeping it out and putting in like, I need to mother fudging or, you know, like other <laughs> So then the promo stops. And it goes to show, kind of like BET, how, what this person went on to do. So it's like, Kev went on to be in the NBA, because he's bouncing the ball at the beginning. He goes on to be in the NBA, but he was no good at it, whatever. Um, Tony Baker did something about what his cats, and this person did this. And then mine was, Keisha built a school in Detroit. <laughs> and somehow, out of everybody, people really thought that that was a real true statement. And then we started doing something with the homies, and the, like, uh, viewers were comments and would ask questions and would be like, "Shout out to Keisha, she built a school in Detroit." And I'm like, I didn't build a school. What? Never. And now I feel like I need to do it. So it was so crazy is that learning this, I was so convinced that you really had like a charter school. I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> like I was like, Keisha, what's the name of your school? Like, 
Let's do like a fundraiser or something there. Like <laughs> some books. I'm like, I, I don't have a school guide. Well, Sorry. I feel like an idiot, by the way. I just want to let you know. I'm like, the dad, like, it's just always so because you know, they just be lying and this is how to hear just keep like he it's to hear this lie, lie, lie. That's all he does, but it's also it's like the tone behind it. And and so sometimes oh, I'm like yeah. that, but the hear has it down fat. People were hitting me up about guns. And me being an arms dealer, and I was like, so that's just a joke between us. It's not real. I, I didn't sell to hear a gun. Yeah. So can y'all please stop? Like the fans is watching. Like, I ain't trying to be caught up out here. Like, <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, as of yet, I don't have a school in Detroit, but maybe I need to go ahead and get one. Yeah, I mean, I'm oh, just yeah, you know, God God is speaking a lot of things over your, your life, like the, the Grammy that you won. Uh and you know, bank account until it finishes. <laughs> Cause you know, we are wealthy. <laughs> I receive it. I receive that. All of that. Okay. So speaking of Kev on stage, mm-hmm. uh, you had a show, you have a show on the mm-hmm. app where you review you. Black things, black movies that you have not seen. Yes, uh, yes. One yes. of them being uh, The Color Purple. Did you not see Belly? I have a from watching that. I'm Girl. Sorry. I said, what's the other one? Did you? <laughs> I was like, I'm going you my therapist bill because I had to sit and watch this movie. How is, and I hear people say Color Purple is their favorite movie. And I'm like, what type of serial killer are you? Because how? Because because girl, people love abuse. You know, that's I had, when I tell you, I had poured so many drinks. It took me three days to finish that movie. That long? Yes, I couldn't watch that all in one sitting. It was you no, know, it was too much. God is trying to tell you something, girl. I was like, and there's no way I would have watched this as a kid. Why? I, you know, I think it was just a lot of things that that are just a part of the culture that we just. Like, I don't think our parents maybe really thought about it because I remember watching it, like, as a kid. Like, along that, Roots, mm-hmm. Queen, uh, Malcolm X. I was traumatized how they bust in and shot at Malcolm X, by the way. I was like, Mom, why did you do this to us? Like, now that one got me. But I think for that, I wasn't even traumatized because I had already, like, knew the story and like read books on it and like so that was less but color purple no okay so think about it okay so think it was like one shot that took uh martin luther king i don't think i don't think homeboy shot him up like that it, he got hit mm-hmm. that one bullet his homeboys busted in like he was speaking and they shot him up so then this is the first time i'm also understanding hey friends can betray you don't be trusting nobody. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that was a lot to process at a young age. Mm. Sure enough, I mean, I you know, like friends were going to betray me, and I was just like, fucking Malcolm X. I'm like, this, this is why this happened, but you know, um what happened to Malcolm. I know you just don't, you know, bitches be jealous. I just don't know. You just you and you see stories about the all the time. Oh, they lured their friend here, then they tied her to the tree and they set her off. That's, that stuff is crazy to me. That's crazy. So yeah. it, it was it was that was all I could think about. Um but <laughs> what are some of the things that 
you don't know how to do that the average black person knows how to do. <sighs> okay. Where do I start? Um, I don't know how to play dominoes. It just doesn't, I just, I don't. Um, I don't know how to braid hair or do anything with hair. When you say braid hair, what does that mean? Like like braid your hair? Like, yeah, I think- You know how to do that in general. Huh? Cornrows are just like actual, an actual braid. Neither one, neither one. Nothing, nothing of the sort. Um, huh. I do know how to fry chicken, contrary to what the show made you guys think. But I will say I'm not the best at it because I just don't eat a lot of fried chicken. And so I never really make it. Um, but I know the concept. Like I know what I need to do. You know what I mean? To do it. Um, what else do I know how to do that most black? I, dance. Just any dance in general. Uh, I got a two-step in me. I can ballroom. But... Wait a minute. What? Yeah. You don't know how to dance, but you know how to ballroom dance. Yes. Yes. I can ballroom dance. Because that's a big thing in Detroit. So I learned that. But anything else? Mm-mm. Ballroom dancing is a thing in Detroit? Mm-hmm. I thought furs and Cartier glasses was a thing in Detroit. That is as well. We ballroom dance in our furs and Cartier glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> and My we ballroom Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, no, oh my god! So you wait a second. So you know how to play spades? Play the lottery. I don't know how to do that. Um. So you know how to play spades, but you don't know how to play spades. I don't know how to play bid whist. Okay. I'm just lost at you. You know how to play spades, but you can't dance or play dominoes. Well, because here's the thing. Yes, spades because it's a card game that I was taught. I just was never taught dominoes. I never really see people play. I was never around. Like, I always, when I picture dominoes, I picture, like, dudes that just got out of jail. They got a card table in the front yard. Like, I just wasn't in that kind of environment. Um, And then as far as dancing, it's like, I just don't have rhythm. It just wasn't programmed in me. And I just don't. I never, I was never into dancing. So, yeah, no. That's, I I mean, okay. So, I'll be, uh, I... (laughs) So I don't know how to play spades. Well, shame on you for that. Go ahead. Look, I'm I'm judging. Listen, I can fry amazing chicken. Okay. Uh, I I can braid, but I can't corn roll. I don't know how to do it. What's the difference? Corn roll is when it's your scalp. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I never learned that. Um, And I also see I can play dominoes if it's the color. They have a set that's like a training set and it has colors. So you have to match it. So I know you how can to play the kids domino set. You can play the kitty. And that's how you learn. And so but like you said, like I would see people play dominoes on holidays. So it wasn't like and, and even growing up, like I would spend summers at my aunt's house. We wasn't mm-hmm. playing dominoes, like they was playing spades. Yeah, and like my cousins, like they didn't really teach me how to play mm-hmm. space. So I also, I also don't know how to swim either. So that's actually, I'm, I'm an excellent swimmer, but that's actually one of the things that black people typically don't know how to do. You swim, yeah, well, you yeah. know, a lot of the water. 
Yeah, that. Uh, I, I think we're um, a lot of the still traumatized from like the slave mm-hmm. uh, civil rights era. Like we yeah. didn't have a lot of pools and yeah, and I was gonna say we just didn't have access a lot of times. Yeah. And then people became afraid of it. And then black women don't want to get their hair wet, and so. I didn't care about none of that. I was getting my hair wet. I did not care. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I saw somebody post the other day about swim caps, and I was like, they're not designed to keep your hair from getting wet. Like, yeah. first of all, has anybody in America ever made anything for black women? Like, that's going to benefit us, because that's the only person that would benefit for if it was to keep your hair from being wet, is to keep it out of your way and to keep you, to help you to glide through the water, like, easier. But, yeah, your hair going to still get wet. Yeah, your hair definitely still gonna get wet. I definitely remember that swim cap. I was just like, what was the reason? What was the purpose? It's so much better now because back in the day, oh my god, them swim caps were so ugly. Look, there, now I will say there is a black woman. I feel like a black woman came through and designed some for black women, so I feel like they've gotten better and they mm-hmm. are more efficient. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't have a problem. It is, it's still get wet. Yeah, I don't have a problem with getting my hair wet. So for me, yeah. I will like. Get my hair, yeah, it don't bother me. So, yeah. um, I feel like this whole time I'm like, Am I looking at my camera? Am I looking at her? Am I looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> so my eyes are all over the place. They're not wandering, guys. I'm just really like, Where should I be looking right now? Girl, you just made me think of this episode of Paternity Court. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, like, okay, so I got this new addiction to Paternity Court, right? I didn't even know that was a thing. Bro, it's a thing. If you got a homegirl, homeboy that is not sure, send them to paternity court. Just oh my God. Together. So the the plaintiff, the part the plaintiff in the case is this girl and her mom, and they're saying this guy that her daughter hooked up with that worked with her was uh, her baby daddy. Mm-hmm. He seemed slow. The girl was slow. Pro thing. She was slow. So the lady say, uh, the girl said, he's like, yeah, he gonna tell me that's not my baby. He look just, he look just like you and your mama. So the water mama say, and I said, well, he look like you with them crazy eyes. It cuts to the dude. He got on these thick glasses and his eyes are like dancing around. It is. Oh my God. Plastic. Oh my gosh. Oh but- baby. <laughs> Of course, it turned out to be his kid, all that hooping and hollering, but you know, that, that just triggered that memory. Oh, um, gosh, paternity court. Paternity court. Uh, I got another another question uh, for you. Okay. What Beyonce do to you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's the thing. Nothing. I think Beyonce is a great performer. I will say I fell asleep during her Coachella performance. Sorry. How did you fall asleep doing a Coachella performance? This is like the most iconic performance of all time. Yeah, I fell asleep. I was completely knocked out. I was mad because when I woke up, they was like, Jay-Z came out. And I was like, damn, I missed it. But nothing. I think Beyonce is a great performer. I've never, okay, so here's the thing. I've never purchased a Beyonce album ever in life. Um, I Destiny think she's released. No. Maybe, did, I might have had Destiny's Child album. I may have actually had Destiny's Child album. Um, I think she's a, a great performer. I'm just not like, and that's anybody. Like, I'm a very big Nas fan, right? But I'm a fan of his work. I'm not like a fan of Nas. I'm not like, you can't say nothing about Nas. And I, I don't care. I don't know this nigga. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. 
with Beyonce, it's like this beehive that is, I, I don't know what type of cult situation this is, but it's, it's like that that right there is it's not a cult. The way she just responded. So <laughs> it's like, I think she's a good entertainer, a great entertainer. By no means am I saying like Beyonce is terrible. I'm just not a Beyonce fan. Like I, I've never purchased a Beyonce album. I'm not like, oh, I want to hear some Beyonce. You know what I mean? She got some songs that I listen to and sing. Most are like singles that I hear on the radio or, you know, like the popular songs or whatever. But I'm just not a fan of her music. And it's not to say that it's not good. I think she's a great entertainer. I just don't think the episode that we did, where we were talking about vocally. I don't think she's, she would never be in my top five vocally. And I'm talking about just straight vocals, her voice. Out of the studio, no. I, I want us under. I, I, I want to explain the concept because I, I I I want you to hear and understand the concept, the idea of Beyonce as a vocalist. Have you ever listened to "I Care" on Four, her album Four? But you also said that you've never purchased. I think you need to go back and kind of a studio album and, and give it a high take. Now, mind you, Homecoming, that catalog, like her, she shitted on the studio albums. Like I can never, I in order for me now, I feel like I have to listen to because it's just you get the whole. Like you said, she is a force. She is a talent. But mm -hmm. I want you to go. I'm gonna send you. I care. Even the engineer that did that record was breaking down to a class the riffs and the runs and how he had never heard anything in like that in his career. How she sang along with the, the riffs and the chords of the guitar. Beyonce is that dope. And like I explained the other day, I feel like what makes her a true vocalist is that she was able to really hone in on her skill and really take it to the next level. Cause I like, when you think about no, no, no to I care, it's like, it's night and day. And I just can't, I can't, I I'm can't. I'm all for the improvement. I'm all for the improvement, but she is not my top five vocalist. I'm not saying she can't sing or her voice sounds terrible. I'm just saying that there are other voices that I put in the top five. I put Whitney over her any day. You know what I mean? So like there, she just wasn't in my top five. Well, of course, you know, anybody will put Whitney over her any day just because, I mean, another powerhouse. I, you know, I don't know. What I thought about too today. I, I was like, dang, nobody even said was uh, Fantasia. Well, that's what happens when you steal people off of my list. Ma'am, they so, are already in my mind no. here. Mm -mm, no, okay. So the, I want everybody to know what we are talking about. <laughs> uh, Keisha E and I shot our amazing, talented friend, BT Kingsley show, Give Me Five. And the concept of his talk show, because you can't call it a game show, is <laughs> it is top five of whatever the topic may be. Keisha and I filmed top five R&B vocalists. And Keisha stole Aretha Franklin off my list. No, 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 no,
Aretha Franklin was on my list. The, she just had a turn before me. She got a chance to win. Come on now. I, I, that's she a D girl. Like, no. Listen, it doesn't matter. I feel like I was robbed because <laughs> they only gave it to you because you knew how many fucking pink Cadillacs she had. I mean, and if you are... If she on your list and you talking about you just love you some Aretha Franklin, I mean, it was like 18 hours. I'm not watching nobody laying no fucking box. Like, I don't care about her funeral. And I'm like, I you can't I just like, love this person. Was, it, it, went three days. it did. It, it was did. I, listen, I don't do funerals, period. I don't like them. They're traumatic for me. I just don't. But her funeral was, was pretty dope. Listen, I I don't I don't do death well. I don't do funerals well. I just don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. And so for that to be the reason why they asked for her best song, and we all know it would be respect. A lot of people wouldn't say that. I'm gonna add a poll. I'm gonna add a poll. I, yeah. I just I just feel like a lot of people would not say that. I feel like people would make change a uh, natural woman over that, even chain of fools over respect. Like I feel like respect was her, like I explained that day. I said I felt like that was her crossover hit that made her super mainstream. But you know, potato potato. And I also got cheated for Brandy. They also gave Keisha who did not. They gave you Brandy. They, how do you think you got Brandy on your list? I called bullshit. You was you able to call bullshit. You should call you you bullshit. You let me have it. We didn't have no, to. I was calling bullshit on Brandy. No, no, no. That definitely went under the radar. Was, we did, we did not compete for that. When but I, I was competing when somebody take a person off your list, but you can take somebody off somebody else's list. I didn't even. I was trying to fight for Anita Baker, and Tanj did not give me Anita Baker. And I performed Anita Baker. And to hear said, ba -da -ba -da -ba, that's it. I, I went to war. I gave history oh. of why. And then she gave you my brandy because I was mumbling about the situation under my breath to Tony. I was brandy anyway, though. I was calling bullshit on brandy. You, I, we was all our third artist. How you gonna call bullshit on Brandon? We was like, oh, she was number two on my list. I got cheated. I got cheated. It's fine. Yeah, you That's how to get it. Did. No, it I got did. cheated. I got cheated, and so did to here. It's fine. Well, then I did not want to talk to me for the rest of the day, y'all. Like it was over and everything, and I was trying to have a real conversation, and she was like, "Oh, oh you're you're speaking to me." Mm. <laughs> I don't play games. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm. Listen. In life, pranks, nothing. I want no parts of it. I don't play games. Play I don't games. play Monopoly. I'm not playing Uno with you. I'm not doing none of that shit. Because I know me. I get really angry and aggressive. I don't want to feel like that. I have to protect my peace. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I told my mama on you too. Yeah. I told mama on you and Tangerine. I said, Mom, listen to this oh. argument. I'm like, this was this was would have been my top five. Oh my Aretha Franklin. I would have took I would have took Beyonce from BT, but I was like, it's it's fine. 
But I, I was going to have Brandy, Aretha Franklin. I was coming for Jill Scott. I was going to always slide Mario in there because he was an underrated talent. Mm. And Usher. I said, doesn't that sound like a great list? She said, yeah. Oh, and I put Luther Van. No, I'm sorry. I had Luther Vandross. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of mine got taken. Whitney. Yeah. I understand the concept. Really? But I just knew that the idea, I know for shit and giggle, but at the end of the day, in my mind, it was a competition. So I was going to have the best list. Luther Vandross, <sighs> Kelly Rowland, then I put Mario, I put I took uh no, then I put Usher. Uh, who else I said? Uh, Jill Scott. You had Keisha Cole, didn't you? Fuck no, I didn't have Keisha Cole on my list. And I love Keisha Cole, but I wasn't putting her in my top five. Oh gosh. He had her on his long list, and I was like, interesting that you put Keisha Cole. He but did have her on there? He had on his long list, he had long drafted lists out. Wow. And Keisha Cole, I said, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very a lot interesting. People wouldn't have put Keisha Cole even on that. I didn't I like her music, but I, not, I would never put her down as my top five vocalist. Yeah, I, me neither. Yeah. No, I and I I thoroughly I stand Keisha Cole. Mm-hmm. Her first two albums, I kind of got lost after that, but you know, <laughs> people started getting happy. I was like, I don't want to hear this. I want to yeah. hear Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the one the one happy album was still good. Um, she first got with Oh Boy. Uh, what's his name? The basketball player. I can't think of his uh, name. Ruby. Yeah. 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 Uh, what is it? Calling our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't interested because she had that song featuring Tupac, and I was like, this is strange. <laughs> I like that album. Did not do it for me at all. I I I will go back and listen to. Like the way it is, and just mm-hmm. like you, over and over again, I'm not moving going past those. <laughs> Same thing with Alicia Keys. I'm listening to any. I have to listen to anything after the Diary. Yeah, Alicia Keys kind of lost me, but she, there's a few songs on. Um, what album is that? Is it called Elements? The one with like Sleeping with a Broken Heart, and it's like a few songs on there I like. Okay, wait, that might be the album that has Un- Unthinkable that Drake produced. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I do like that, but that girl on fire shit, I was like, my ear. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's another person we need to be honest about as well. Alicia Keys is not a strong vocalist. Uh, she is not a powerhouse. Uh, shaky vocal sometimes. Although uh, I, I do enjoy that she has this song with uh, Sway Lee, Lee, who also, I'm like, sir, you want to be an R&B singer? Just put an album out. <laughs> uh, that I really like, and then she has a song with uh, Khalid and Lucky Day. That's mm. not cool, but everything else, I'm like, you can keep it. It's forgettable. It's forgettable. It's forgettable. <laughs> like when people think about Alicia Keys, we don't go to anything past the diary for her. Yeah, that's, and that's she was super dope when she came out though, because she was so different, and I think yeah. she is very talented, and yeah. you know. People that can sing and play the piano at the same time are definitely. But she hasn't made any music in a long time, right? You say what? She hasn't made any new music in a long time, right? Or I just don't. Know. She just put an album out. Oh shit! I 
Didn't know Alicia Keys was still singing. My bad. You also thought Shaka Khan was dead. So never Okay, was- listen. A lot of people have died. Okay? There's a lot of people have died lately. And <laughs> I that was I was like, wait a second. I know. I know. Somebody did who? One of her homegirls or something. One of them R and B singers during that time. I don't I I you know, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I want to know, okay. So much has been happening in in the world and, you know, we're used to growing up with the likes of uh, Richard Pryor, Dick Gregory, Eddie Murphy. Um, who else? Who is, yeah, you know, um, and... We've like come into like woke culture. And even as recent as last week, we saw a shift happen um, in the comedy community a little bit with the mm-hmm. incident. I'm not saying there. <laughs> um, do you think woke culture has shifted the culture of uh, comedy? Um, I think it's trying to. I think that most comedians still stay true to um, speaking on, you know, all the topics, all the issues, whatever they whatever they want to, being true to their material and to their word. Um, but I think it's absolutely trying to. I think that woke culture, I think everybody now is trying to police comedy. It's yeah. like, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about that. And what's crazy is everything can be offensive to somebody. So like it, it's okay until it offends you or until it offends somebody, you know, of power or status, right? Um and I think that's crazy because you can't you just can't try to you you can't I mean it's freedom of speech. So it's like you can't try to police comedy. And I just think that it's gotten to a point where people are I mean I think most comedians like I said still speak their truth. I do think that some comedians, depending on where you're at in your career, might think twice about like maybe if you got a special on whatever, HBO, Netflix, whatever. Yeah. Even with that, and this is, I, I won't go into detail, but there's somebody who I know that is on a special and was like, yo, they cut this joke because of X, Y, and Z. And I was like, what? That's wild. Because it's not even like some graphic, like he's not he's not talking in this in a bad way about you know about it like you can make light of any any topic right it's not right. like so i think that maybe some comedians depending on where they are in their career if they're doing a special you know they may think twice about something like oh i don't want to get you know blackballed or, or banned for this or i don't want to get you know uh um why can't i think of the word you know the word i'm trying to canceled. say um, gosh cancel Cancel. That's what I said. Cancel. Oh, I didn't hear you. I was like, why am I not thinking this word? Um, which I think is very unfortunate. And I think it's very ridiculous because people are too sensitive these days. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you feel like people are too sensitive? But then it's also, you know, I'm I'm not a comic. I hang out with, you know, everybody because I've made friends through to here. I'm blessed to have you as a friend. We're better developing a friendship. <laughs> I was going to say that the stories that I've heard, what happened is kind of something that has has been going on or happens kind of like 
it comes with the territory because like you said, somebody is going to be offended. You just cracking jokes. Or if somebody is heckling you in the crowd, you start to go in and then they take it kind of personal. Next thing you know, they're going to get up on stage. I don't think it. I, so for people to be making this huge deal, like, Oh, I'm afraid to do stand up. I was like, well, you really wasn't doing stand up because the people I know, and I know some heavy hitters, they mm -hmm. all have experienced something on some level that has like, okay, well, I know, especially when I go to this place, I probably need security or we travel a certain way now because of, you know, certain things. So to me, I was like, well, I, I feel like, you know, people are saying that the, the, you know, we have first amendment rights and all this stuff. And I, I went to school for journalism, for broadcast journalism. Okay. So I understand what comes with that, how you feel like you could get censored and you can't say this, but, you know, or you have to say it this kind of way where you kind of felt restrictive, which is why I was like, I ain't really trying to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hothead. I'm a loud mouth. So I don't really want you policing what the fuck I got to say anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, do you do, like, I, I just feel like people are making this a bigger deal than what it needs to be. And I think, the, I think the thing is that, most people, when you're talking about just like every day, like not non-comedians don't know or realize how often that that happens. Yeah. So I think that was broadcast on a large scale. It was national TV, right? So a lot of people don't know that there are people who try and run up on stage with comedians. There are people who try and catch them after the show. There are people, people don't know how offended or how mad people get when, when comedians are doing crowd work. So when they saw that, that is their first look at something like that happening and also right. i think the thing is it then makes people think that that's okay mm, yeah yeah and or even if you maybe have seen it happen on a, just you know a smaller level somebody getting mad or whatever but then that it's almost like i don't want to say it gives anybody the green light but it's like oh they can do that then i can do it too and it, and, and then it's uh it's kind of there was no reaction to it yeah, it make you feel like that action is valid. Okay, if I feel offended by what a comedian say, I can get up and do this, and there's no reaction, and it's like, eh, yeah, y'all need to realize uh, a lot of these comedians have to have hands because they there is their job to, yeah, push not, not necessarily like push your buttons, but to kind of like start a conversation per se mm -hmm. and make you kind of think and. I'm like, a lot of them got hands. Don't go up there. They're going to whoop your ass. Well, a lot of comedians is like hood niggas. Like, yeah. it's gangbangers that do comedy. <laughs> no, like. And I don't even think it has to be about you being hood. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and be like, oh, I'm the toughest chick. No, but you, I'm going to react. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't even have to be a hood person. And that that person in the audience, you might end up getting the best of the comedian. But don't think that they won't put up a fight. Don't think that you're just going to come here and I'm be like, okay, joke too. And I, I think, too, what, what was happening is that. You know, I, I think, like I said, I'm not here to defend anybody or anything. I think what was frustrating about it as a whole, I was over that shit by Monday morning when I walked the first time. <laughs> so having to see that and then to still even see it, I'm like, I'm, please, listen, it can't be that slow of a news week. But I, th I think what was, what, what was interesting was how people, like you said, like reacted. And we saw this person finally be reactive. So I was like, y'all, this nigga, he's human. So it shit happened. I still feel like part of it might have been staged a little bit. It's a little weird, funny to, I don't know. Not my business. Don't want to say it here. But I think, I think the other thing is that as 
and this is this is has nothing to do with one of the two. I think my my frustration came in with black people. One, we I feel like we allow like a lot of the hot takes that we were seeing were from white people. I think we allow them to take up too much space sometimes, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that you know we have to also stop allowing them the supremacy, the assimilation to navigate our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was frustrated with everything. I'm like, you can say whatever you want, whoever was right or wrong, but it was frustrating seeing black people make those statements. Oh, save that for the BET awards or the source awards or NAACP. And, but it's not for the Oscars. I was like, who made this such a prestigious award? You know, like white mm-hmm. people said, this is the best of the best. They mm-hmm. set that standard. So why can't we, wherever we go, first of all, act like we got some damn sense anywhere. But it's like, I, I think that's why I was frustrated the most, seeing people say, you know, he, they were in that room with those people. I'm like, okay, and they can get their ass kicked too. <laughs> These niggas just gave Louis C.K. a Grammy last night where he cracked jokes <laughs> about the sexual assault allegations. But also, like I said, people get too comfortable because that nigga was also saying nigga in the room with a black dude and no, and he didn't get corrected. So that's what I mean. I think I think that's the conversation that we have to have. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that's that's what I wanted to know how you felt. Um, so we're wrapping up. I will say uh, what is you know, like the biggest lesson that you learned leaving, coming back to LA and really you walking in your purpose and, and finding your way? Hmm. The biggest lesson I've learned, I would say, it's really about resilience, I, I would say, because I think in the educational arena, that always came easy to me. Like it was. I always got it. And then you come out here and there's also like a a certain path that you take, but you come out here and there is no right or wrong. There is no straight line. There is no path. So it's like, you're going to get more no's and yeses and you got to keep going. Um, Closed mouths don't get fed. That's something I had to, I'm still like getting better at that because I don't like asking people for things or like, you know, but you got to really just hustle and grind and like, um, yeah, I would say those are probably the biggest lessons that I've learned is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yes. be resilient. You got, you have to, every day, I like the beauty of it is that every day is a new adventure. Yeah. But every day is also the day you might face some rejection and you got to just keep going and key. And you have to keep figuring out and coming up with new ways of like, okay, this route didn't work. I'm going to go this route. Okay. That. Yeah paid off a little bit but not quite then I'm gonna do this and go here and just um constantly just hitting the pavement hitting the ground because sometimes I'll get in my moments where I get stuck and I feel like oh, I don't know my next move or I don't know what's gonna happen and I'll and I realize that I'm not doing anything mm. and I have to shake it off and be like okay I really still don't know my next move but I'm gonna do something I'm gonna keep moving oh. and something else gonna happen I feel like sometimes, more well, one, we're we're air signs, you know. Keisha's a Libra, and I am an amazing Aquarius. And I think sometimes, as creatives, and and just based on our sign alone, like we kind of get overwhelmed. 
Mm-hmm. And I think one thing my mom has taught me, and you know, it goes back to biblical times. It was just like, you know, being still. And then she would say, do you hear the whisper? Mm. And sometimes that would help you guide you when you are kind of at that crossroad, not knowing mm-hmm. how to pick or, or, or what to do. I will, I will say that has helped me a lot out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and save your money. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, listen, LA is a different beast. And like we said, you were fortunate enough to come back, but I got friends that went home and never came back. Y'all, yeah. I've been to my last 37 cents out here. Yep, and you figure it out. You figure it you out. Figure and, it you know, out. You have a, and when you have a village and, and a people that really care and they really see you, that want to make sure you are good, that is very important. I tell people, people LA gets such a bad rap for people being fake. Mm-hmm. I never experienced that out here. Mm-hmm. And I want people to to know that and understand that. And you might have different circles of, of friends. Like I have my first friends, they were all LA natives. They didn't go out in Hollywood. They didn't do any of that stuff. So that was very, a very dope experience to have. Like one of my best friends lives a block away from me. And mm-hmm. so when you cultivate your village. Yeah. That that is going to take you a long way, and I think sometimes people come out, they get caught up in the lights and the glitz and all of that stuff. You, there has to be a balance. Yeah, there has to be a balance. So that that's that's what I can say. Um, and that's like I said, like you have your village. Um, did you ever get your key to Tahir House? Because I, no, have- I absolutely did not. And he said that he, I was gonna get it. Pop over there tomorrow. He was doing his podcast with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know, um, I'm just gonna come over there and wash my clothes. Yeah, said- <laughs> oh gosh, no. As a matter of fact, I haven't. Oh, we're gonna have to pull him out of that because uh, Io has a key. Um, right. Yeah. So they like ten people got keys to their house. I know. <laughs> oh gosh. Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs and tell them what you have going on. Because, wait, Keisha not building a school. Hold on, before we leave. Keisha has a film that she is producing called Keys to the City. Am I correct? A series. A series. A series. Keisha, let's talk about that before we uh, get out of here. I'm so sorry. That was one of the first things I had. My questions got out of order. Yeah, so I am, um, I wrote which I'm super proud of myself. Um, and I'll be starting in a series called Keys to the City. It's a comedic series, loosely based on my life, the transition from coming from Detroit, leaving behind these two degrees to come out to LA and all the things that you don't see in between. People think you come to LA and it's just rainbows and sunshine. And it's like, nigga, no. So all of those things um, in between from dating in LA to you know getting settled, finding your tribe, all of those things. Um, I am prayerfully going to start production because we've had some issues with the dates. I was supposed to start at the end of this month in like three weeks, two and a half weeks, but we had to switch some of the dates around. So uh, middle of May, second week in May is when I'm going to start filming. Um, there is a link in my bio where you can still donate because her sister still need to get these funds up. I did not realize how expensive it is to, to shoot. Like the cost is astronomical. Um, and my goal was to raise $25,000, which was still pushing it, even if I had 25,000. And I think I'm at a little over 17 now, 
So there is still a link in my bio if you guys want to donate, if the spirit moves you to help a sister with her dream. Um, no amount is too small, no amount is too large. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that's it for that. <laughs> um, Y'all can find me. My big screen debut, I'm going to say, bitch. Diamond is fine. I don't know where the line is going. I don't know who she's talking to. I don't know what happened before, but that's because look, look, it's gonna be when you get to LA and I'm gonna just hit you with like the, the Maya Wilkes, like bitch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's always my dream. I tell my my homeboy be uh wrote on some shows. I was like, hey, you ever need an extra say bitch? I got you. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um yeah, act for real, Loki. I took I took tons of acting classes. So do uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so if you need an extra and they got a line, you know, I'm gonna let you know for sure. Let me know. Let me know. Friends on the show. But yeah, so and and the link is on my Instagram page, and that's basically where you can find where I post everything I have coming up. Uh, it's Keisha dot e i t s k e y s h a dot e um I have and i'll shows. put it under the description too yeah i have a few shows coming up in la i'm actually about to go out on the road with clint coley so we have a bunch of cities um coming up starting with memphis is when i'll actually be going out on the 20 20 and 21st memphis houston I'll, I'll i'll post all of them on there um so if you're in one of these cities that i'm in you know come out catch a show and i'll put that in the the bio as well i'll put the links to everything so they can find yeah it. Yes. Well, I appreciate you so much for stopping by. Uh, I got you one on one. You're the first one. Keisha and I have an amazing group of girlfriends together. We all um, hold each other accountable. We bounce ideas off of each other, and it's really been a game changing. Mm -hmm. um, they send text now. <laughs> I know. I just saw. I was like, oh, fan, just text the group. Um, <laughs> It's it's really dope. And and like I said, like we all are finding our way and I'm just trying to stay consistent. Cause you know, it's funny, I'll be asking for these niggas to be consistent and I don't know what that's about. I'm like, I don't be consistent, but I want to be consistent. Yeah. I appreciate y'all a lot because it has really like forced me out of my comfort zone. You know, mm -hmm. it, the, the the next thing, like we talk about fear and sometimes, like, you know, we get in our heads, but mm -hmm. hey, life exists past your comfort zone. And that's what I'm determined to always be, that and happy. Yeah. Um, that. um, again, I thank you so much and I will see you house next week. See you next week, girl. <laughs>